opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. For Saturday night, May 15th, 2021, this is episode 42 of the Anime Roundtable Canada. Good evening once again from six points, ten minutes south of the Anime North compound in the west end of Toronto. Mike Nicholas here as the Roundtable now gathers, joined as always by James Austin, Kevin Ng, Mohamed Shamarki, and Jeff Gregg. As always, we want you to be part of the conversation as well. AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com is our email address, Twitter and Instagram at AnimeRoundtable, and give us a follow there because you'll almost certainly hear from us. AnimeRoundtable.com is our website for full show notes and past episodes. And we'll mention YouTube, Twitch, and Discord, just for the hell of it. Okay, where do you want to start tonight? I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, the thing that's happening in Canada. Maybe you want to talk about that, maybe? Well, there's plenty bit. of things that are happening <laughs> in Canada. I mean, you know, of the, of the airborne virus variety. Oh, that type. Okay, let's do the COVID update. We didn't do one a couple weeks ago, did we? Nope. Which, which is fine. Uh, no? Which is fine. It's Because I think fatigue is a, has become another word in the pandemic. Fatigue. You can say that again. Fatigue has become another word in this pandemic. Thank you. <laughs> well, at least exactly the region and uh, governor in, uh, are getting needles in arms. I think we're ahead of everyone in the province over here. Let's just say the bottom line in terms of Ontario is it sucks less these days, but it still sucks. I mean, you know, they've, they've officially canceled everything fun this summer. So, it's... well, yeah, everything's okay. Let's we'll get to that in a yeah, couple of seconds. Yeah, it's okay. I'm okay with all these cancellations because it just means that I don't have to spend as much money going to those things. I mean, mm. you know, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you 100% on that. I just feel like there are people out there who are like, you know, are, are struggling and whatnot. I feel like, like, when they announced that the Carabana and, and the CME would be canceled this year and they CP24 brought up each CEO one after the other just just, just to show their sad faces being all like... <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, I have to say, like, if you have... a Okay, assuming that you haven't been laid off, assuming you kept your job, the pandemic has been a good opportunity for those to uh shore up their finances and it's to the moon <laughs> like <laughs> i've been saving a lot of money and i know not everybody has been able to but those who have have the capacity to do that and haven't are missing out on a good chance to do so i mean but we're not shaming anyone for having missed out you know it's a pandemic you're going through stuff it's all good mm-hmm does anyone know the numbers today, at least for Ontario, in terms of positive we're cases? We're like twenty something hundred, you know, under three thousand, but still, you know, in the high end of that two thousand five hundred area, I believe. Okay, so we're like the numbers I I see from yesterday were. Doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm just going. Yeah, twenty five hundred today, twenty four deaths, six point two percent positivity rate, which you know sucks, but better than before. A little bit. Uh, aside from further 
what is it? Arguments between the our provincial government here in Ontario and the federal government? That's another story. I, I mean, let's not forget, guys. COVID didn't walk over here. I mean, come on. It flew over. <laughs> yeah, it did. Who knows? And uh, the, and it didn't help that there was another, yet another, uh, no more lockdowns rally in downtown Toronto today. Let's, let's, let's not give them any air. I believe that. You know, not talking about it. Let, let, let's let's ostrich that thought, guys. Let's let's just put our heads in the sand and assume that that didn't happen. Sure thing. Uh, well, the, I don't know. I haven't seen too many reports about it. I, I don't doubt that it happens. Maxine Gurney is like their new leader because you know Chris is no longer doing it, so they need someone. I don't know, man. Freaking Maxine, man. <laughs> Well, the other part of the story this week here in Toronto was everything got cancelled in the process. So the Canadian National Exhibition, which will take place at the end of August, cancelled officially now. Honda Indy takes place in early July, cancelled. Taste of the Danforth? When's the Taste of the Danforth? Usually August. Late August? Yeah, August. Yeah, this That's been cancelled. Jazz Fest, bro. Jazz Festival, cancelled. Carabana, cancelled. Caribana, uh, the Caribbean. Listen, the Jays aren't coming Carnival. home this season. Not yet. Anyway. But, but everyone's so good. <laughs> if everyone, don't worry because uh, Fan Expo is only 102 days away, according to their website. Oh, they have an update. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay, I cool. they're going to cancel too. I, I was going to ask if they canceled or not. So. It's it's so That's... weird that they didn't. Like on their on their site. Like I'm sure the, they're having internal talks about how to uh, cancel without losing money, but well, lose as much money. They, that's, it's fair that yeah, you... that has to be the reason why they need to wait until the last possible moment that they know they just can't be allowed to run it. They're, they're going to uh, the Metro Convention Center was the vaccination site still correct. I believe so. No, they can because do you would think that would give them leverage because they still need to get the second doses into people and they would probably rebook for the same spot. There people would be up in arms if they if they closed uh, the convention center for fan <laughs> We only, we sort of had versions of that in I think Sacramento. Correct, in Sacramento ago, right? for a day, right? So imagine what would happen here. Oh, and it was, not as it wasn't canceled before. That what too. happened the first time? Yeah. Well. Well, there weren't mass vaccinations last year. The thing is, if you're taking on, I'm. Speaking in terms of somebody who's gone to a max va- mass vaccination clinic already, 16 weeks down the road, you are scheduled right away for your second appointment. As I said, 16 weeks down the road. So I was at the University of Toronto Mississauga campus, and I'm now scheduled for my second shot at the University of Toronto Mississauga campus in mid-August. August 31st and, for me. And the same, same thing happened to me as well. And I couldn't get into the same one as YouTube. I got into the opposite site run by the same people. And I'm uh, saying 16 weeks away or whatever. So I'm September 1st. I would presume that anyone who got theirs at dedicated sites like the convention center, like the TCC. And yes, I'm seeing a few Anime North <laughs> fans noting that they're going to get their vaccine some on Anime North Weekend at the TCC. They should dress up. We should just make it a thing. <laughs> that might be happening. And I think some will be cosplaying in the process. I hope oh, that but happens. The, but they, 
are Florida, getting right? that'd be so great. We go down the list: Toronto Congress Center, Metro Toronto Convention Center, Cloverdale Mall in the West End, Scarborough Town Center in the East End. These are all dedicated sites. Anybody getting their appointments there just before they get their needle will be more often than not, I think. I don't know, so somebody can correct me. Toronto, they'll get the they'll get the date and location of their second shot, and usually it's in the same place. So you will be getting people at the Metro Toronto Convention Center who will be getting their second shot sixteen weeks down the road, and what should conceivably be Fan Expo weekend. So what becomes a Fan Expo? I like how you tied it together there. Anime North to Fan Expo. No. I try here. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do. Remember when I talked about the first vaccine being given at the Minchner Institute, the site of the first Anime <laughs> North? I will do my best. I will do my darnest to serve the anime fans in Toronto. That's why we're doing Anime North in a couple of weeks. I could see that uh, quote you just said, uh, intercut into some sort of advertisement for uh, this podcast we, we don't do promos <laughs> that's the problem i don't know how to edit a promo together although if anyone's listening out there pitch an idea to me well that's the that's the, the covid thing as as right. far as what you just asked as far as toronto people um i had my uh initial vaccination at a pop-up uh, so I did not get a uh, a scheduled dose for uh, the future. So I have to to go back on uh, Vaccine Hunters uh, CA or the Ontario booking website uh, in I... about 16 weeks to okay. see about I that. Thought, and to me, I'm wondering, that's another question mark. To those who, who did get it at pop-ups, and by the way, I will once again speak as somebody who works at Woodbine Racetrack and I stopped hiding that fact. There was a pop-up that happened last weekend at Woodbine Racetrack. And talking with colleagues there who went, they're telling me they'll just receive a notice 16 weeks onwards, telling them they can now start to make an appointment to get their next shot. That 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 that, that, that seems a little like sketchy. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. It's just who who put it on. I think it was I forgot who who the health unit that put on the Woodbine Clinic. If it's the Unity Health Network, I think it's Unity Health Network, which is St. Joseph's Hospital in the West End. That will you can I guess it would be booked with whoever you did it with, and they'll and they'll have that record properly. I mean, also like. I'm assuming this is all like being kept track, you know, that we have records and stuff. So it, people aren't just showing up for like multiple, multiple shots and whatnot, right? So it definitely is being kept track of because when I went, um, I had a previous uh, booking for like later on in June and they knew where I was getting the uh, my original appointment. They knew, you know, what what place, what day. So, you know, they have all that information. I'm actually a little bit impressed that they did have that amount of information. Impressed or unnerved? No, I, mean, I would impressive. say, they, I would they say they impressed. They did that to me as well, Jeff, because I wanted, I was able to find an earlier appointment 
And uh, they asked me, they said, did you cancel your previous appointment? I said, once I have the needle in my arm, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. And I yeah. did do that. So they Same definitely are up. keeping track. And it's impressive, yeah, that they did it for the pop-ups as well. And I'm sure they're doing it for the pharmacies as well. And the pharmacies are in even more of a bind because they got to go and then get in contact with those people again. And then the other question mark is AstraZeneca because of them Thank no you. longer wanting them to use that in Ontario. And that's what they were using at a few of those pharmacies. AstraZeneca has been suspended in Ontario for first dosage because of all the uh, blood clot issues that have become well publicized, which does put pharmacies out of bind because it, it decreases the number of places, seemingly, because they were being doled out at pharmacies. So take them out of the equation for a while, unless they're able to be part of the Pfizer Moderna programs, which are being slowly rolled out now. I think and yeah, the, where does that leave people who did get their first shot as an AZ? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the, they're going to bring the AZ shots back at some point for second doses for people, right? I think that's the, it sounds like the intention that any current shipments that are coming in will be reserved for second dosages. And there being, and there's some criticism right now that if, Ontario or Canada as a whole, because multiple provinces have done it, are taking in the shots, but not going to use them anytime soon. They're doing a disservice to places in the world because this is part of a world network. Oh man, don't get me started on that nonsense. That's the, that's part. That's some of the criticism. It's there. Hey guys, let's let's uh, let's only vaccinate us so that when this so when variants jump this vaccine, we can make more money by selling them more booster shots. I mean, come on, guys. Long story, long story. And as I said, it gets a little bit more muddled there. But yeah, COVID, way to go. <laughs> and yes, it's, it's canceled things. So CNE, well, we, we've gone through that already. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what remains at some point later on in the episode. There is the matter of the Toronto Japanese film festival which is going online this year well as i said we'll talk about that in the back end of the show and tiff what's the story with tiff mo it's you know? it's 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 probably gonna happen you know probably be a a hybrid mix but i mean like it's 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 frustrating because you know you see our, our our neighbors to the south enjoying themselves with a bevy of movies coming out you know you got all that new movie stuff just it's uh it's very sad yo perhaps two two weeks from now we'll be talking a little bit about the border reopening that could be an interesting talk in and I of itself uh, oh. I, I, you know i i think when the border if the border does open up it's going to be a one-way flow from canada to the u.s not the other way around why do you say that I mean, what's the, we're still gonna be in the lockdown aren't we It'll be hilarious. We'll be more locked down than the U.S. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> it'll be like who knows? Like that, like like we were we we begged not to the border not to be open because of the issues in the states. Now the states has a slightly better better uh, thing going there with their with their COVID control. And you know, it's 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 funny. I'm I'm just wondering that when are we going to get to the point in like Ontario vaccination rollout plan where we have to offer people millions of dollars to take the vaccine like they are in the States. 
Like, I want to get to that point in time. They're not straight up offering people a million dollars. It's no, just, offer, Ohio's offering you a ticket. Ohio's offering you a lottery ticket. Yeah, Ohio's offering you a lottery ticket. That's a new one. But there are, but they, yes, they are incentivizing it in, in various forms. Could that happen here? Don't know. Well, considering... <laughs> I, not, I, I think... Considering... I'm not in the mood to have that conversation just yet. Considering when I went up to my um, pop-up vaccination, it was like a reverse kaiju movie with everyone running from every direction and dropping people off and, and scrambling for this line. I don't think they need to pay anyone at this point. Not right now, yeah. No, just the anti-vaxxers. I mean, but do we really want them? <laughs> yeah, do we really want them to to win in this scenario? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mo, were you going to say, do you really want them vaccinated because you'd rather them? Were you about to play? Were you about to play the uh, the whole Darwin Award type thing with me? Oh, uh, the Darwin Awards, dude! I haven't heard that, that in such a long time. Me, anyway. So that's the COVID situation in think, Ontario uh, and Canada. You want to say on those, at least we know they won't be allowed into movie theaters, into events like Anime North or Fan Expo or other things, because guess what? You'll probably need a vaccination or proof you got one to be in there. I mean, they'll Who knows? Uh, they'll the passport see. thing, that's another story altogether. So let's move a little bit for a couple seconds from Canada and Ontario to Japan. They need to get their shit together so that I can go to Japan because my trip got canceled back in April. <laughs> I was about to re-ask the question. Yes or no? Will the Olympics happen? I mean, at this point, it's like, what, 50-50 maybe? I, I think because of the government, they're going to push and somehow make it happen. But whether some of the uh, Olympic committees from other countries are going to send their athletes is another question altogether. I mean, I mean, with the raising ca uh, cases and the fact that the vaccination rates in Japan have not been successful, so that's another talk altogether. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. know. I don't know if, if 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 I'm some country that hasn't been vaccinated, and I'm told that if I go to the Olympics, I will get a vaccine. I mean, I kind of want to go where the vaccine is, right? That's something like that. Well, everyone will make their own personal choices, right, Mo? And the other thing is take... probably you're not going to be out enjoying uh, Japan and stuff like that, even if you are no. competing. Hold on. You're, you're telling me that Olympic athletes train their whole lives to go to the Olympics for tourism reasons, not not for the gold medal and the prospect of winning? <laughs> well, it's I the, think we've seen them in the Olympic the Village. Sometimes they go out there and stuff like that, enjoy themselves, probably it's after a, it's they've a, won the medal it's, it's, it's or a cultural after thing. they've competed. <laughs> yeah, it's a cultural thing for them in the, in the Athletes' Village cultural <laughs> you know it's sad when i read news on bbc how one town in japan spent their covid19 relief fund money on a giant statue of a squid oh so, i saw that for tourism i know i've heard about it for heard the about future that wasn't it for the future tourism that epitomizes how sad the situation is in my mind it is a japan. pretty beautiful statue of a squid no, the statue's <laughs> incredible, but would have I spent the money on it? Probably not. No. But that's what they decided I would to not have. Because there like, was no strings attached. It sounds so cool Japanish. You know what I mean? Trying to, the government trying to get into the whole, yeah. 
Uh, it's well, my, my, my own take on the Olympics. It'll happen. Hell or high water. It could be bubblicious for all we know. Fruity. But that's, that's okay. The cool part is that's still late July. We can revisit this conversation again. <laughs> so maybe we'd better. And there are people, on. as we know, that have put out their petitions and things like that because there is uh, feelings inside the country that it shouldn't go forward. But I think mm-hmm. it's come hell or high water that the government's going to find a way, right? Because they They're... don't want to lose face. And they already spent so much money organizing this thing in the first place. Then to only to have it not happen would be pretty bad in their minds, I guess. In a lot of people's minds, they, you're right. They spent the money and and no chance of any sort of return. Zero. I think it's going to be like Montreal. They're going to it's going to be so many decades before they pay off that bill. Your grandkids will be finishing the bill. It's been a uh, weird. I've been seeing uh, merchandise with uh, the mascots on it for years now at Omomo and, you know, just every like, you know, online and everything. So it's. It's been this weird. It's kind of like when all the um, Hollywood movies um, still had the uh, fast food and like chips and pop advertisements kind of filter in even as things were being delayed. So I'm, I'm just even thinking about Japan's marketing money with all like the, the mascots and different promotional materials like that's If they cancel it, that stuff is lost and kind of into the ether. I mean, not necessarily be some kind of like rare collectible alt world type situation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we, can, we can we can turn them into NFTs, you know. Oh no, oh, no, no let's not go no. there. Or they can turn the mascots into uh, one of the prefectures or one of the city's <laughs> new uh, mascots or a company's new mascot, because we know in Japan they all have to have a mascot. True that everyone needs a mascot, man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think we'll be able to talk about the Olympics again, like somewhere down the road. Okay. Now we're done the COVID updates. Mo, Jeff, Kevin, is there something from the Space Eater chats from last week that James and I did uh, you want to bring up? Please don't buy Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 digitally. Just buy the damn thing physically, Mike. Oh, wait. Is that it? Is that all you want to say about Yakuza and, ju- <laughs> and Lost Judgment? That was the first thing that popped in my mind. Because I because I called you out. Yes, <laughs> I think I went. I added you, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> well, there isn't too much else for me to to add to the Yakuza talk, except uh, on the Facebook page. There seems to be this one fan who loves to put up the various models that appear in the Yakuza games. Oh, you mean the JEV models? Sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> Come on, Mike. It's just, that's, I'm just saying what I'm seeing on Facebook. There isn't too much else to add in terms of the Yakuza talk. I mean, I don't think any of you guys play it enough to give an opinion as to the future directions of the main series still sticking with the turn-based RPG style. Yeah, I haven't got into the new one with the RPG elements, so I'd have to try that out before I decide. But I'm not... 
I, I think it's okay to have one go one way and then judgment go the other way. Yeah, and I, I did state why I can see some of the logic in it. Because we are now on Earth. Like, we're, Ichiban is the newest pr new protagonist in the main series. And he's being introduced in this style. And logic says maybe his story should continue in this style, much like Kiryu's story was done in the action style. And Yagami's st story in Judgment is being told in a stealth action style. So it might be disorienting to continue Ichiban's story in an action style. His, his story is being told via turn-based. So to change the presentation while the narrative is still being told might be disorienting to players. But it ultimately does depend on how you really feel about the story, too. Right now, I'm erring on the side of people are in it for the story. Now, now yes, there's a certain compensation so certain elements are switching around just to compensate for what will ultimately be missing in in the main story as it continues. Like you said, certain side missions styles will go into Lost Judgment now, right, James? Yeah, like, no, that's what it sounds like. It'll be the more action-oriented of the two. So there's honestly nothing for me to say more. I guess I'll say more as I open up and download the digital version of Yakuza Kiwami 2 <laughs> but, uh, into my system and start start playing that. They were talking, actually, it's funny enough, like Nintendo was doing their financials, Sega was doing their financials, but Sega's really been pushing some of their old IP. They might bring back an old one, but the other great thing is they're actually following through saying that they're going to get those simultaneous worldwide releases. Yeah, that was, that was really showing that, which is mm -hmm. great. And I also said they, uh, and right. hopefully Shin Megami Tensei, the new one, not uh, the HD uh, remake of Nocturne. That's kind of the end of this month, but the new one will get that worldwide release, hopefully on switch sometime this year. But who yeah, knows. are you getting switch okay. or PS4 James for HD Nocturne? I'm yeah. probably going to get uh, Switch because I want the portability and stuff like that. And I don't think it's it, it's going to run about the same on both. It's an older port. It's a port. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking I might go Switch just because I still intend on getting a Switch. And I don't have a PS4 at the moment. So that might be where I'm going. I might have to cancel my PS4 pre-order. Because I, I did both and then I was going to decide. Hmm. So on any of the other topics we talked about? I do agree that the the whole staying of the PS3 and PS Vita stores are temporary. I feel like those won't be around forever. On what basis? On my migration theory or just another thing that we haven't really thought about before? I think they just they just felt like the backlash was so great that they're like okay fine 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 we'll leave it alone for now but and then and then you just think as soon as it dies down phew. like not well, in the immediate future but at some point and then when people complain again then they'll go well hey we saved it last time and 
there was only that temporary bump in sales when you guys were all panic buying stuff. So I think we've given you plenty of time is likely going to be the reasoning. But it's probably going to be corporate. You, so, yours is, yeah, so yours is more a, a version of take the rug out or more like, here it comes. <laughs> they, Sorry, need to save, they need to try and save costs at some point or another. You know, a corporation exists to make money. As I said, the... why keep something running that's just losing money? It's it's they interesting. They said that backwards compatibility. They have the numbers, as Jim Ryan says. It's not that all everyone demands yeah, it, but no one uses it, and it's going to continue on and on. And we've seen how Sony acts from the Epic and Apple lawsuit. Like we've learned a lot of things about their corporate culture. They probably didn't want the public to know. That's why I have to my I have old consoles. I I admit I have to re uh, read up a little more on the on the latest in the epic apple story did you guys uh, check out any of the odd stories from apple and epic and i guess the real question is for the rest of you guys if you were in a courtroom and a lawyer told you you had to point at a game they pointed at a game called console would you be able to name it like would you able be able to pick out a radio or an odyssey or maybe even uh, an intellivision or an atari Lynx? Jaguar. Those old ones. Say no. I'm sorry. Did someone say Jaguar? <laughs> yeah. How how many of those old consoles had wood paneling? I believe all of them. Right? It was another. <laughs> <laughs> because remember, yeah, in the '70s, quite a few of them did. Yeah, Atari had theirs paneled. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I could tell Even you that. the TVs too, right? Like they had that paneling type. It was cool. Thing. I love how in the seventies wood was just this thing that everyone had to have. Even in cars, they had that wood everywhere. Wood. With the all the backlash of of Sony closing the stores, like it's, I find it so weird that there was such this loud backlash, and then what was it a couple years ago when Nintendo did the same thing? People were like, no, and then they did it anyways, and people ended up just dealing with it. Like there are so many Wii and DS games that are now lost to time. And this goes, you know, to the game preservation angle, but, you know, people just kind of dealt with it. And now like, no one cares that much. Like there's, there's always going to be lost media and it is sad. And part of that is the move to digital. And there's a preservation angle that I, definitely understand but i also just like the convenience of downloading things and i accept that it's sad but i have less boxes so that <laughs> that really balances things out and you know yeah, less environmental yeah, I, damage yeah. and stuff yes and i remember we had mentioned the we i mentioned it mike and i think i said most of it was on the WiiWare side and there were just a few things that have not been released and they probably won't be and those are the sad losses but overall i think the other reason is they didn't have as much that was lost overall and it was just the WiiWare stuff because they're going back into the vaults of course for those virtual console releases and they've done them as mini consoles as like standalone releases as collections and so on and so forth game and watches sort of yeah. Okay. Where else? What were the other topics we had talked about? In the, I think in we the, mentioned the, uh, the upcoming, which isn't upcoming anymore, uh, TCAT. <laughs> and I was going to say, did anyone uh, take a look at anything, either online, whether it's looking through uh, the zines or through uh, 
the comic artists that they had on the TCAF side and the uh, Canzine side, or maybe look at the video game side with the hand-eye uh, society. And then there uh, was uh, the YouTube side for TCATs. I think I checked down a couple there. I'll, I'll be honest, uh, my tradition of missing TCAF, and not because <laughs> I, I go oh. out my way to miss it and not go to it. It's just, I completely forget about it when it happens. I guess I'm too preoccupied with other things. So I haven't seen a single thing. Well, the good I, thing is we said is we have till June 16th on the YouTube to look at that content. And that goes yep. back in the vault. Kevin. I only went through most of the Nagatabi interview. Yeah, that was a good interview, wasn't it? And because it was pre-recorded, they definitely made sure everything was good on the subtitles and everything like that. Because yeah. I know they made one correction. And some of the stuff they talked about was stuff I just read about in her recent uh, work that Seven Seas released that they were promoting, of course, my alcoholic escape from reality. And the one that still kills me, I actually have the page bookmarked looking at now, was when she went in the hospital for her liver and for her pancreas. And it was day two, and she gets a text from her editor saying she won the best manga at the Harvey Awards, which is uh, the East Coast um, Comics Award show. And then yeah. she gets congratulations from her cousin, all this stuff. And she's just like, fuck this shit, I don't care. And she's talking about that. She's like, I just, I just can't deal with this. But the other interesting thing is how drawing, like she needs to draw and her drive to continue to draw and stuff like that, even through all the craziness she has uh, gone through and how she admits sometimes maybe she was more open than she probably should have been when she was drawing uh, about herself and stuff like that. And her, parents, and, stuff like that. and her parents, she was like, she kind of regrets <laughs> uh portraying them the way that she did in uh my lesbian experience with loneliness yeah hmm. like there was a lot to think about and this was also her first time i guess in person or online for an overseas event and stuff like that so that was mm -hmm. really nice of her to actually come out on camera she was on there we could see her and talk to uh, deb Aoki and uh, talk to everyone else online even though it was pre-recorded wasn't there a, a quote at the end, which was like something like, thank you very much. Please don't have any expectations of me. Yes. Multiple times at the end. And that was a thing. She's like, just, just don't give me too much. <laughs> like just keep your expectations extremely low and stuff like that. And his, they his, uh, say that I was going to say, because Deb was like, you know, our, I know our, the fans, you know, there's, you have a lot of people that love you overseas and, you know, we're just, in spite of you saying that, like, you know, we're, we're just rooting for you and to, uh, we're just hoping to see what comes next. And so then she continues to say like, yeah, just please don't expect anything. From me. <laughs> I say that every time before I hit the record button. <laughs> yeah. And I guess so it was talking about like between her fiction work and nonfiction work in that too, but no, she yeah, sounds like discussion on that. I will have to find that. So the other good thing is we have that uh, online on TCAS uh, YouTube till the 16th, but they also took a transcribe of some of it and put it on Anime News Network, and that will be there probably forever, hopefully. So if you want to check it over there. Okay. Anything else uh, coming out of TCAF? To As we are taping this, 
this is the final evening of TCAF. My understanding is they're doing a live version of Akira, but set to another soundtrack of some sort. What? Oh, okay. Well, Mo, Mo you, you're the one who sent the link to this, didn't you? Sorry, what now? Akira? Live action? Sorry, what now? Oh, no, it was on the, the Anime North Facebook group. They were doing uh, Akira right now, or at least they were doing it at 8 o'clock. Like a live and now reading? I have to look it up. Not a live reading. It's, it's more it's, like like there's some um, Wizard of Oz is famously paired with um, a couple of albums. Um, so I imagine it's something like that, right? It's something to that effect. It's TCAF and Shaolin Jazz. To close out TCAF, we are showcasing a live stream screening of Akira set to a live score hosted by Gerald Watson and DJ Two Tone Jones. Oh, Free to attend. You don't want to miss the event. That's going on. That had been going been going on it since eight p.m. Could be over now. But oh, yeah, they're showing. Okay, I get that's it. That's on right now. They're doing. Yeah, they're they're, they're doing Akira set to another. That would to, be an uh, interesting. Uh, that sounds an interesting uh, live concept. Event, I'm sure. And yeah, Why live issue. Here, <laughs> I'd watch that. Well, I know. I maybe. Yeah, we have our. I guess I have my own personal obligations to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sort of looking at this. Uh, yeah, maybe it would have been worth attending. Thanks to uh, whoever put that up on the uh, unofficial Anime North Facebook page. Nice way to end it off. Yeah, that was good. I was thinking of, even though they can't go there uh, probably now, but it was interesting. We were talking about discoverability of the artists and stuff, and I thought they did a good job between Kanzine and TCAF of doing that. So you had Kanzine doing the zine section, and you could go in, and they even had one where you could just randomly find an artist there. And even on the TCAF side, where it was the comic artists, and that's where Angela was, you had the different genres and click on them on the table of the two people showing you, but then you had one where one was holding a pizza and one had a random book. And if you checked on it, you would go to a random artist. So you never know, you could maybe even get to Angela, but it was a good way of going through seeing the different artists, seeing their, like, this is them on Twitter. This is where they are. And this is uh, what they write in their different wares uh, that they were selling uh, at the online event. And uh, you could buy and stuff like that. I guess they were doing it through Shopify. I bought uh, two things and uh, it was nice uh, to support some uh, people there. I'm not sure how they're getting it to us because I know we had like Canada Post and all this other stuff. So I'm guessing some of the artists, probably Angela would know more, is it's not coming from them directly or right? anything. They're probably getting it to either TCAP and Canzine, and then they're then going to get it to the people that ordered. Because I know in mine, it said, we're not Amazon. Please know that it'll take, uh, I think it said 45 to 60 days to get you uh, your books or items, wherever you ordered from the different artists. Just in time for the Olympics. <laughs> wow. Or Fan Expo. Oh, yeah. Well, they never said life was going to be easy, and they admitted that. They said in this COVID world, it's kind of crazy, and they are both nonprofit uh, organizations. So I'm going to give them slack and stuff like that. And at least I know most of the money is going to go uh, to the artists and those people, too, right? So, Well, 45 days is a little long, to be honest. I, I know for certain products, like probably more for, um, I guess, books that would have an ISBN number. 
the TCAF shop page and panel did have some pickup, at least for like the featured artists and authors. So, you know, that wouldn't really help from the the zine side. But um, I do know that uh, they are affected by the stay at home order. So they would appreciate uh, a visit to their website. Even yeah. the uh, video game side was kind of nice when you went to the hand eye uh, society and stuff like that, where they'd have actually an interview uh, with the uh, video game creators and more of them were more artistic games. And some of them, uh, if they had either an eShop page or a Steam page, that would be there along with their Twitter or sometime the itchy.io uh, page if they were more of a indie type uh, game and stuff like that. And sometimes you might even see a demo to try it out. But those are always interesting to look at and stuff like that because it's not like the normal thing you'll usually see if you're on like a regular console or the mainstream uh, video games on PC. Once again, another year of regret for missing a TCAF on my end. <laughs> well, well, it's kind of hard sometimes too, Mike, because they do always do it on Mother's Day weekend. And that's the biggest thing is that if something happens on a Sunday, I can't be there for most of that day because it's Mother's Day, right? <laughs> True. Well, also, it really just depends on what you care about, because if you're not someone, who, if you're someone who's not into certain types of uh, artistry or cartooning, then you, you just wouldn't, maybe, perhaps you wouldn't feel as inclined to just browse through if you're not physically there. Like, Yeah, it's, uh, that's a part, a big part of it for me at this point. Like and for my, I can only speak for myself. Yeah, like but. for myself, I'm I predominantly care about the manga side of TCAF. Like, I, sometimes I will pop into different panels that may intrigue me because I happen to be there, or maybe I'm with a friend who's into other stuff, and I have some time to kill, so I'll pop in with them. But otherwise, I just wouldn't be as inclined. So if I'm at home, like in this instance. I really only cared about the Nagata Kabi panel, so that's the only thing that I watched. As I said, yeah, at least I will want to check that out. But uh, TCAF is about to finish up for another year. Hopefully next year, it's back at the reference library. I know I know, uh, that's the sentiment of you guys who, go, who usually go. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Okay, anything else we want to talk about in the in the Space Eater chat? Do we want to trip over Bill C-10 for a couple minutes? Because that's, that's, that was the talk this week in Canada. Bill C-10 and the way it could redo the Broadcast Act in, in Canada. Extending the Broadcast Act to, to stuff you'd see online. And they've been talking about that for many, many years, modernizing the Broadcast Act and stuff like that. But they, how can you really go after the Internet? It's a worldwide thing and stuff like that. And this is one of those. To say the least is, uh, I don't know, it's something It leaves you scratching your head at times. Mm -hmm. OK, just a couple of preferences, because I don't think we can really flesh out some of the thoughts. This is another discussion altogether. <laughs> I think, at least in terms of the anime angle to this, maybe one of the better places to look is Zan in Canada. Their New Year's episode in January, they talked about it. Jesse and Carl 
for the better part of half an hour uh, at the 27 minute mark. And I tried re-listening to it all over and over again. And there isn't too much in the way of actual, how could it affect the anime side of the equation? So, and let's acknowledge that part of the story now. Then if you guys want to read up more on C10 or know more about C10, we'll try and give our takes on it and then encourage people to Google it. And I guess, especially if you're in Canada. I guess the reason, Mike, though, of course, why it's coming up again is because it was at a Heritage Committee meeting and the issue with there was an exclusion for user generated content and that was removed by the members uh, from the committee and they're now going through all the amendments point by point. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. And that's yeah, it depends on which side of the argument you are on, because there's a side. Yes, user generated content and mainly social media platforms. And YouTube's the other question mark, too, I know, too. If you go point by point, there's provisions within it, according to people who defend the provision coming out. There's provisions already included that state, well, the provisions do not apply to an individual anyway. But then it opens up a whole load of worms because the bill has the potential to be very open-ended. And all it really does is order a regulatory body like the CRTC to make the rules based on these parameters, which are very, which ultimately could be quite vague and open to interpretation. But, but, and then could be, could be, and then depending on future governments and whoever else will get to make these decisions, they could be on either side of a certain issue because of the vague wording. Depends who's in the hot seat, as they say sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah, Mohammed. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, aren't aren't all the best bills open ended? I mean, isn't isn't rules just supposed to be things that are like malleable? I mean, you know, in some ways, like it's one of those things. It depend. Once again, it depends on who's in the hot seat and what they can choose to do with it. That's that's uh, I guess where it could get problematic. If you get the wrong guy able to change those rules for the worse in the better for or worse equation, then that's where it starts to get interesting. Remember what I said last week, don't give a bone. You know, I, I feel like this whole issue is a bit moot until something actually happens on the other side of it in regards to like the, like YouTube and so forth and other giant companies. Cause I feel like right now we have a bunch of like, you know, not powerful individuals coming up with plans on how to defeat a Titan. And it's like, He's a titan, you know, so that's going to be really hard. Yeah. Well, we've seen how Australia has fared against uh, Facebook and stuff like that. And we know that the Canadian governments uh, before have been trying to go after Netflix and probably even Amazon for Amazon Prime and others well, that are doing of... content here. And they want their piece of the pie. So they want them to contribute to uh, the Canada, basically, what was it? The Canada Media Fund and stuff like that. And some of it it's... is that and some of that is they want to protect Canadian uh, content and stuff like that. And especially on the French side, I know too. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's part of the trigger because. And you know, that's if has... they're making content here, but mm -hmm. then it's the question about what all about all the people streaming and broadcasting within Canada and worldwide that aren't making content here. Right. That's where people are wondering. So mm -hmm. I, I'm more thinking, well, when it comes to the streaming companies, and that's a big that's a big touch point for this 
for C10 and where we were going with this, it's making sure that Canada or the Canadian government or whatever it is, get their, get their slice of the pie, as you said, James, because, you know, as the great urban poets, the Wu-Tang Clan once said, cash rules. Dollar, 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 y'all. And that's just because they're, because they haven't been able to get a tax off of things like Netflix, Amazon Prime, etc. And those are the big boys, and those are the ones that are doing actual and productions here in Canada and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and have offices here. So those are who they would be going after, yes. not players and... like, for example, since we were talking anime, Funimation or Crunchyroll. That yes, they're streaming into our homes, but they don't have any physical presence here. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and which which comes back to the anime uh, part, which is. Seemingly nothing, don't uh, worry about it in terms of the anime side at the moment. It's more because they're aiming for bigger, bigger pieces than that. And remember what we said about the, at the outset, I know we're talking Sony, but when you talk about a streaming service like a Crunchyroll, like a Funimation, as much as they're the center of our universes here as anime fans, in the grand scheme, it's not that big. It is not that big. So, the focus, as I said, it's just more on it's more on the the titans in the industry, the Netflixes, the Amazons, yeah. and wanting to just get that part of it now. Exactly. We'll see where this goes. I mean, it's it... so. I was going to say, they want the uh, discoverability. They want uh, the algorithm, as they say, right? And That's it. They want, their, they want to be too, able to tap into the algorithm to make it, make it more favorable. As I said, this is a longer, longer discussion, and it veers completely away from the anime side, but it's worth noting because it's, can't, it's still a big issue here in Canada. And, and, and for what it's worth, we talk, they talk a lot, little bit about, well, Netflix doesn't want to contribute to the fund because they're already funding Canadian productions already. But that's that's a that's meant, that could be, and I think Jesse has already uh, stated, already given the opinion this is more of a stopgap, just to prevent uh, just to prevent the onset of what's going on in Bill C in Bill C ten. But how sustainable is it in the long run? I mean, it's going to be the cost of the business, right? I mean, I feel like every major corporation knows that world governments are gearing up to basically be like, hey, you spent a ton of money on this uh, pandemic. We need some cash. You guys have billions. Why don't you uh, chip in a bit, right? Yeah. And the argument argument can't be that, hey, we already gave some money. We can't give more money. I mean, come on. You can give more money. Well, and just keep in mind, keep in mind, regardless, I think the, you know, who really ends up paying for it anyway. I'm looking at you. Mo, you mean uh, uh, as, as in as in a big consumer, or as in us as consumers? Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> and when it comes to Canadian content, sometimes, like, remember, there is things here that were considered quality and did did you know it was cream that came to the top, so to speak. Kim's Convenience, Shit's Creek, probably to the two most noteworthy type things, exception. Canadian music too, don't forget, Mike, because with 
that support for Canadian music, it, they wouldn't have been as big and as supported for radio and to play and play with the big boys out in the States and stuff like that, like they have been. For me, it's just choice, though. That's it, It's just... Well... Yeah, it's it's all messy. And uh, probably a longer debate later on. Yeah, and thinking about Canadian music, I was thinking it was Factor that helps in that uh, way to help the artists like get their songs out. And the other thing of making the music videos, because that's still a thing, and they do that through obviously different means now, through YouTube and other uh, streaming platforms. And all you need is one song now. You don't need a full album. I, I just think of more the merit side of it. We'll put up a, a, a handful of uh, videos to tell you how messy this is. Mo sent one from, uh, what's his name? What's his name, uh, Mo? JJ? JJ. He's the dude yeah. with the hair. He has, well, he has hair. A Vancouver-based journalist I thought was kind of interesting to talk about, but I know that he's going to probably get slammed for some of his opinions. I mean, you know, he did a good one about... A- it was, it's, 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 it's very thought-provoking. I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree either. But I just thought of it as as at least well thought out. I mentioned I mentioned seeing that on CBC. That's that was part of the national newscast, the at issue panel. Uh, we will put up the whole episode of that. It's a YouTube video as well. They always have and some good discussion on the. That's at a issue that's channel. a well. And if you like to talk, he, you have any interest in Canadian politics. This is Paul. This is very political stuff. That's worth that's worth a watch. It's about a twenty minute video. I think the JJ video that's about ten minutes of your time, and you can start to see where how muddled this whole thing is, and why maybe there's some regret we we decide to walk into it. I, I wouldn't well. worry too much, Mike. Like, yeah, they're probably going to talk about it. it. Has to get through committee. It has to get through the House of Commons and that. But it's going to be like a lot of things. Probably it's either going to be killed in the Senate or it's going to be killed by an upcoming election. Yeah, it's just, can, well, just remember who supports it at the moment, too. And as I said, watch the videos. I think we're, I think we're done looking back on the space heater chat, are we? Good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Can't believe well, Bill C-10 was talked about by us last week, Mike. Can't believe it. Well, we talked about it briefly <laughs> then, and now we're... Oh, and, I guess we might have barely mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. now we're talking about, I think we just spent about t- at least 10 minutes on it. Uh, Kevin? No other thought? Uh, I don't really have much of a thought on it. I was actually... Okay. I I just feel like... It just feels very confusing when I read about it, and... No kidding. Like, I guess the one thing that that minister just won't really admit to is a little concerning how, like, oh, it, that they might want to... It would just open the doors for, like, regulation of... Of like what self-recorded content or or whatnot, I I do feel like that's a little off-putting. Yeah, that's as that I said, was it's, a concern. It's a, yeah. yeah, that's it's a it's a jumbled mess from the heritage mis- from the well, heritage and, and, and the messaging from the heritage minister is a little bit as I said, it's a mess. Uh, 
And that's the kind then, of the funny thing is people forget that for broadcasting all that stuff, it's under heritage and stuff like that. They're not just keeping up our museums and keeping up uh, certain things like national parks and that. So mm-hmm. all under heritage. Like they yeah. may have a small budget, but there's some important things they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is another discussion. As I said, we can talk about this a lot more, but it veers already away from the anime side. I think we're done looking back on the space heater, so let's look ahead. Let's take the break when we return. We'll look through a couple things in brief through the bullets. That's when the anime roundtable continues, presented by Anime North on the Six Talk Podcast Network. My nephew, like the Power Rangers, and I did this on his birthday where he had all his friends around. They were like, Green Ranger? I said, let me show you the real Sentai. I'm gonna show you the episode where Green Ranger actually died. And they were sitting there looking. A couple kids start crying like, oh, Green Ranger can't be daddy. And the parents were like, what are you showing our kids? The Anime World Order Podcast. Not suitable for children because the truth hurts. Visit us online at www.animeworldorder.com. And the podcast now continues. Nicholas Austin, Ing, Shamarki, Greg, continuing the conversation with you in front of a virtual audience. Thank you for listening. Online via the Six Talk Podcast Network, official podcast, Anime North. We got to get back on track in this second segment, don't we? Don't have to, guys. I mean, we can just keep going, right? Well, yeah, we can we can go tangential yet again. I mean, we're all we in talk about stuff that's happening. way about and talk about stuff that's completely out of our league. I mean, yeah, sure. Let's, let's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we do that enough anyway on the show. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, anything anime related, like who are we sometimes to talk about anime? Well, we will try a little bit though, as we begin the bullets. These are presented in point form, but could become essays. So the last bullet definitely is going to become an essay that we're going to follow for the rest of the year. Correct, Mike? I believe so. Hell Very yeah. Which, we should get, which means we should get through the other ones rather quickly. Let's, let's keep that last one in the chamber. <laughs> Item. Item. Fans polled over which anime or manga should be given the live-action treatment in Hollywood. They, they they polled a bunch of Japanese. Yeah, that was Yahoo News Japan. So that was okay, an so interesting list. A, a, a Japanese poll asked 1,000 men and women ranging in ages from teens to 60s to name which anime or manga they'd liked made live-action courtesy of Hollywood. The answer will surprise you. Or maybe not. What finished number one with 456 votes? Almost almost forty five percent of the vote. Bible Black. Oh yes. <laughs> I heard it was a very popular anime and manga, wasn't it? No, it was just one, one of those very popular with, uh, anime and visual novel. It's one of those ones with the weird punctuation in the middle, uh that you're not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Like if it's cross, if it's uh Slash, yeah. Oh, man. I pronounce it and or. It's 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 awesome when when they put random numbers and letters in titles. Oh, just yeah, just just the best. Yeah, none of the above. Four hundred. I think it was votes. nothing. None. Yeah, none. Like came out to be in that. Nothing. Title. None. 
Nothing. That almost Gorin sounds Gun. like the title of a manga anime. Yeah, hack hack sign. If it was a light novel, they'd have this long run-on sentence that you know what? would not fit anywhere. You know what's the sad part? I uh, I was half asleep when I first read this article, so I was actually looking up a title. <laughs> Nothing slash none. It must be really popular. It must have been 456. awesome. 456. So <laughs> when was it in Shonen Jump exactly? Because most know. of the ones on the list look to be from Shonen Jump. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking to myself, reading none, nothing, none. That must have been awesome. Let me get, go get my coffee. <laughs> speaking, speaking of like the Shonen Jump angle, like I am questioning the uh, the age brackets that were uh, interviewed with these thousand people because you know the the oldest series I think is Detective Conan, well maybe Dojo's Bizarre Adventure, but that's kind of a perennial series. I was thinking um, Slam Dunk, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Oh, it's JoJo's. Yeah. Slam Dunk is quite JoJo's is, is probably the too. oldest, but I think Slam Dunk after. See, Slam Dunk, I feel you still could maybe make a good modern story based off that, possibly, though. So what's what's interesting about, so like ignoring the nothing or none situation here, um, what's interesting about this list is that I think that there are a lot of better series uh that could be made into a american adaptation um a lot of these are really specific to either japanese people or a japanese culture like um naruto uh jujutsu kaisen demon slayer uh debatably my hero academia a lot of these are like really japanese um and fairly recent and there are other things like Cowboy Bebop is being made. That would be one of the the higher suggestions uh, on my personal list. Um, I think Attack. I'm, I'm curious to watch that. I I'm in, <laughs> I admit I'm curious to watch it just to see, just to see what how how uh, how it does compare. I don't really care about if it's actually good or bad. I'm just really curious to see what they kept in and how how it compares fascinating discussion coming up but yeah it's an interesting list that yeah focuses on things yeah obviously japan has on the mind but if you then focus maybe outside you'd get different answers like we talk about cowboy bebop another one i was thinking in my mind i don't know why but i could see some people saying it'd be an interesting take would be redline would be an interesting take to see as a a live action movie that would be a lot Mm -hmm. of fun and that would require a lot of money Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think that a lot of people for this list were thinking of what anime would work i think it's just what anime do you like right now um yeah. and i think that's why i mean i think a little bit of there was a little bit of thought of you know what would i like to see as a as a hollywood movie but i don't think that people were actually putting thought into it um because i think you know demon slayer is air quotes number one at 60 votes i think like i haven't seen much of demon slayer i don't think i think that would be the lowest on my list out of all of these the next nine you know on this list you know taking place in ancient japan really specifically you can't you know unless america got its act together and actually hired japanese americans or you had an american director go to japan and make a movie I think if, I, I I don't know anything about Jujutsu Kaisen, but aside from that, any other of these series would work better, even if you like, 
make a Death Note style adaptation, which you could do to Detective Conan or Naruto. You could use, you could make, you know, non-Japanese cast if you needed to, you shouldn't, but you, you can, it could work. But, you know, something so specifically ancient Japanese, it's like, no, you just picked the, your favorite thing right now. You didn't think about what you actually want to see a Hollywood movie about. It's, see, I think the key word in all of this is Hollywood. Whole Japanese, those same Japanese readers, what do you think could you could get away with just a domestic... Japanese production live action adaptation because because those go somewhat better well you wouldn't have as many nothing none votes in that situation that's certainly what I, I was thinking in saying all that yeah I don't I don't think none would uh, get 45 percent of the vote might still it's it might still be number one but I don't think it will be I think you can put an argument that any one of the other nine titles will get more will will be pushed over a hundred votes too. Well, except for Attack on Titan and JoJo, which have Japanese adaptations already. So I, I unless people want a second chance at those, because I know JoJo was a bit of a failure, um, Attack on Titan a slight failure, um, but for the others, I could see them still wanting those. Slam Dunk would be feasible. Slam yeah. Dunk would be feasible. Yeah, Slam Dunk was one I made mention of that I think you could work with, and I'm sure maybe they could even get some NBA players or something like that to work up a story or something like that. I'm surprised there hasn't been a domestic Slam Dunk movie because even the um, it's part of the the upcoming uh, film festival, which I know we'll talk a little bit about. But the um, the bicycling, uh, the you know, bike racing an- uh, manga slash anime has an adaptation of maybe a couple of them. Um, so considering. Um no the something something pedal, um, oh mushy pedal wow yeah, I never yeah. I haven't heard of overdrive in a long one. time. <laughs> it was so, like, fun cons- man. That's a considering- kick-ass opening song too. Mm-hmm. Considering and- that has a a domestic release, I'm surprised something like Slam Dunk or um I Shield Twenty One or um what's the volleyball one High Um yeah I'm surprised I'm surprised don't that those don't have Japanese films already. Okay. I, I, yeah. I the mine would have been Demon Slayer because I think there's themes and characters. I I I know Demon Slayer has a bro, uh, broader than usual appeal in terms of demographic. How much special effects would you need for that movie, though? Good question. Yeah, and like where, and maybe that's where uh, too, maybe right, that's and maybe that's where it could get problematic. And maybe that's why they want a Hollywood adaptation of it. They're like, we'll have Scarlett Johansson as the, the pig head guy. Whatever. Oh, no. Just <laughs> give us no. Hollywood special effects. Oh, no. <laughs> we were looking at that list, Mike. I was thinking about because I was going to interrupt and go in uh, earlier on. But I was thinking about those none and nothing votes. And the one thing we did see in there that I thought we might, just because we saw those Shonen Jump ones and because Dragon Ball, they still been making stuff with Super and stuff like that, that we didn't see a Dragon Ball vote. <laughs> but I'm guessing they went to nothing because then they remembered, oh shit, Hollywood did make a Dragon Ball movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, because no- notice that their, um, their golden cow of One Piece is also absent from the list. 
I mean, they know better uh, than that. Yes, well, <laughs> it's entirely possible too. Although none, nothing. I'd read that book. Moving on, item. Yen Press announces Yen audio imprint with five novel audiobooks. I, okay, James, you want to carry this one? Sure. So it was this week uh, that Yen Press uh, announced uh, Yen Audio, and this is actually big because there hasn't really been any audiobooks for light novels really like this, like this big push before. The last attempt uh, was by Vertical, and they did the Monogatari audiobooks just for that series, and they actually got some uh, English uh, VAs to work on that, and the people I know that listened to that, uh, they loved it. Now, for this one, it's like looks like they're doing a big push with five uh, novels. They're doing solo leveling. Volume one is going to be on July. And then uh, Sword Art Online, volume one, is going to be August. September is Overlord, volume one. And then uh, solo uh, leveling, volume two, is October, along with Sword, o Sword Art Online. Then they said uh, Miracles of... Uh, Naimea General Store Volume 1 is in November, along with uh, Saga of Tanya the Evil uh, Volume 1 in November. And then uh, December, they're doing Overlord Volume 2 and Sword Art Online uh, Volume 3. Now, of all of them, the five, I'd probably would be intrigued by uh, Saga of Tanya the Evil. That'd be an interesting one you, to hear. You, but You've stated that. But mm, they yeah. said um, that Young Press is going to work with uh, Hatchet Audio. To get these uh, done, they're going to try to get a regular seasonal uh, adaptation. So maybe we'll see more uh, differences, or maybe they'll continue on with these if they're successful. And Kurt Hassler from uh, Yen was talking about uh, talking it up along with his counterpart uh, from Hatchet uh, Audio, which was uh, Anthony George. So they're securing worldwide rights for these. So that sounds uh, good, uh, too, at least on the English side, because obviously they're doing English, because you never know. Sometimes you can't get worldwide rights for these. But uh, the other big thing is hopefully it goes well, and uh, maybe we'll see more of these. And the other reason why it's big in my mind is I'm thinking about, um, you know, the Japanese audio dramas. We don't really get those over here. Sometimes we'll get them as an extra on a Blu-ray or DVD release with... Uh, the pictures and that going over them but this is probably the best we're ever gonna get of something like that you know what i mean even audio dramas using light novels and stuff like that and i know mo loves uh listening to some audio uh novels I'm, it's a different way of experiencing uh, a novel i'm just excited that the, the release schedule is going to be through every platform is as opposed to like some kind of universal Yen Press platform, right? I mean, you could buy this thing on Apple Books, you know, and Audible and so forth. So it's good. I mean, price wise, twenty five ninety eight. You know, that's that's a little steep. Not really, but I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's what's well, the pricing looking, normally uh, uh, for, for audio on, for audio uh, audio books? That's there. If, if I find if, them high if, too, but if through Audible, uh, if you're doing the monthly subscription, it's like whatever that price is. Usually, like fourteen bucks, get a free book a month. Uh, but you can buy this stuff outright. Um, I don't know. It's it's. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I think I think the prices are, like, 
I, I, for some unknown reason, I'm thinking that Audible books are at least $25 too. Oh, no, no. If you buy them individually, they are, definitely are. But I mean, most people get them through the subscription, right? So it's like cheaper that way. But, you know, yeah. Kevin. This will never happen, but oh, my pipe. No, no, let me finish. My pipe dream would be that the Bacano light novels have an audio version and then they pull the Funimation voice actors in and then we can hear the awesome Lad Russo and the amazing Isaac and Miria in English once again, but it won't happen. And that's one I would, I'd love to hear too, like is Bacano and that one, they're actually making their way still through somehow. So God bless them. And they're doing that one hardcover too. Uh, But it's not doing well for them. I can't imagine it doing very well anymore because uh, those earlier books are going out of print right now. But I'm guessing since, like, obviously, Yen Press is like uh, um, Katakawa and Hatchet is basically partners in how they're running it now. So that's why they're doing Hatchet for the audio. So maybe mm-hmm. they will look out at the English uh, VAs, but we'll see what happens. Well, they have to pick what would could theoretically do well that's why a lot of these are safe like of course they're gonna pick sword art and overlord and and solo leveling like it only like tanya sense. is the dark horse like tanya the evil is the dark horse because they've went down to about one a year for that light novel so my feeling is that hasn't done as well as they had hoped even though i love that is there a backlog of all of light novels still still need to be out no, they they haven't caught up yet and stuff like that. Well, and usually for light up. novels, okay. they've been doing about three per year for a series. That's what they usually do. Okay, I was thinking maybe it caught up with Japan and maybe that slowed. But if not, then yeah, that probably means the poor seller. Mm-hmm. Where's Python okay. Wolf for this? That surprises me. No, yeah, okay. And that one's still going on because uh, they have the, uh, now with the child going on. Yeah, Wolf and Parchment. Yep. Okay. I don't know what what to add to this. I'm not, I don't uh, do the audibles myself and any form of, uh, what is it? Any form of audio imprint, audio imprints and audio novels. Fascinating story though. And I guess it's to say that the light novel side, just like you said, James, maybe it's getting somewhere if we're talking about audio versions of light novels, too. And I That's always wonder about that, too, because I wonder how they do it in Japan, because you never hear much about audiobooks on the light novel side. Now that's a fair question. Now, now, now that you bring it up, fascinating in that sense. Okay, item. Evangelion Studio receiving threatening fan comments will report offenders even outside of Japan. What the hell is this? Sounds like uh Sounds like 1998 all over again. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was backlash at the time when uh, the original Eva TV series ended. And then Eva. End of Eva. Okay. Nutshell. Can somebody go nutshell on this one? Try and explain it in a nutshell. Or should I just read out the article? Because I didn't really completely re- re- read the read through. I didn't know about this until today. 
I didn't know they released it. I'd assumed that because of what's happening in Japan, they postponed it again, but they released oh, it. Oh, no, it's out. Oh, it's, it's out, out, and it's his best uh, grossing film yeah, for Ano. Making all the money. See, just reading through this, uh, inevitably, though, a certain portion of fans who are so emotionally invested in a piece of media will feel like that investment didn't fully pay off after seeing it. Unfortunately, some of those who were disappointed... In the final movie, have been trying to make up the difference by slandering or threatening members of Studio Kara, according to the animation house behind Eva. And it's even more poignant because of, well, 96, when the when the original TV series ended and then the Eva movies back then. There was intense backlash at Anno himself. And many said, wished he would die at the time, which... Well, he ha he ha he's been known to have struggles with depression himself. Yo, so, yo. in an age when we talk about someone like Hana Kimura, like yo. we did last year, this is a come on, man. Type can, can we thing. just stop telling people to kill themselves? Is is that too much to ask? Like, just, just sure, stop. because some may take. Oh, like you didn't like the thing, I understand that, but you don't need to tell the person to kill themselves. I mean, they're not a Nazi or anything. Just, just come on. Okay, can can somebody answer this one for me? Because when I read the basics of this article, I think about the backlash that ensued after the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh, but that's different. That's, that's, is that's it different? different. It's different, different, yes, but I, I sort of think of it because people were so unsatisfied with that ending. Mm-hmm. Nobody, But nobody was out uh, saying or, or, or asking for... Yeah, but that's... The, I mean... It's tough because it's like if, if if the original creator had written the ending the, the way he thought he wanted the ending and that turned out to be the way what we got, I feel like then, you know, we would have accepted it more. But this is more in the sense of like someone abdicating their, their, their property to someone else and just hoping that maybe they, they figure it out, but they clearly don't. I mean, the whole thing with Ava, I'm assuming, is, you know, the creator, you know, had the – you can't hate on the original creator's – in 10 right i mean if the can, can i try another comparable then let's hear it. which which isn't as bad which probably wouldn't be as uh, strong a backlash but i think it's probably a better comparable overall the ending of how i met your mother mm. wait what people didn't wait you, you got you got that one right right kevin yeah people were not it was divisive i remember uh, how so because it zigged, people were hoping for one thing, and it really did go another yeah, way. Yeah, like I get. Should we talk? So I guess maybe we should uh, put spoiler warnings for How I Met Your Mother. Okay, five, uh, four, three, oh, it, two. Is it? One. Um, is it the fact that uh, Robin wasn't the uh, the mother the whole time? Is that is that what it is? No, no, no. Well, they not, made that not clear. Not was the, Robin. Not well. It, no, it was already pretty obvious that Robin was not the mother because the mother okay. was revealed in the last one or two seasons. It's right. just that they talk. You know how Ted talks about talks to his kids about their mom. Yeah. So you find out in the future in the current day. Oh, dead mom. Yes, cancer. The mom is dead, and then the whole the whole t- long ass <laughs> talk with his kids leads up to, "Hey, is it okay if I date Robin again?" <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's like I I think that's that that was the daughter's line too. Daughter's line was, yeah, no, this isn't about how you met met mom. 
this is about how you still have the hots for Aunt Robin. That was the that was the line that pretty much summed it up. We spent almost a decade on that. D- d- I think d- that's why it was such a letdown. But this is. I'm curious if Evangelion is is that much of a, a jokey kind of ending. I'm, I'm of course not. Oh, we'll see I about think, that. I think well, that the, do, of... do we go spoiler warnings on this? I have not seen the movies, by the way. I have not either. I watched the I watched the three uh, reboot. Yeah, movies. I watched the three as well, and it. Okay. I know that Otto, like they did a documentary with NHK about this last movie, and it was a struggle for him to get everything together the way he wanted and stuff like that. And him and the team obviously worked as hard as they could, and so they were facing odds that I don't think that you can really please everyone, but some people take it to an extreme in fandom, obviously, that they have to at least defend themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So can I go with another comparable? This is more the way Anno is handling it? Sure. Is oh. looking at them? When William Shatner jokingly snaps at Trekkie saying, don't you guys have a life? This was a famous skit. I think it was a Saturday Night Live skit when uh, William Shatner kind of had enough at a Star Trek convention and snapped at fans like that. And I think that's sort of it here. I could see Miyazaki pulling off a similar act. And that's too. more of what I could see in stuff like that. And it's probably more for more of those extreme people that just for whatever reason can't let something go, right? And hopefully it doesn't turn into something else. Oh, yeah, hopefully not. But, And I think that that Eva is in this weird place where it is kind of in between the kind of high art of Miyazaki and the, you know, low art of, you know, Moe waifu fan people. Um, like, it's kind of the weird intersection there, like even just looking at about how much it's merchandised where you have the the same kind of people who would complain about, you know, Rick and Morty or the Game of Thrones ending or the WandaVision ending in the more recent example. And then you also have the people who are going to be trying to analyze the movies for, you know, their philosophical, you know, value to the medium of, of anime film history. Um, and, you know, regardless of all these things, I think it should be clear that, the the death threat type of stuff is incredibly stupid. I don't understand why they go that far, and I think it's actually kind of destroying any chance they have at actually making interesting arguments or you know complaints. Yeah, it's well, it's people shouting each other down when all you want is just something more philosophical. I think. The other worry is they're oh. worried about some nut bar showing up at their offices and stuff like that. We've seen that with Genshin oh, yes. Impact and recently in other uh, game developers and anime studios. So well, that's yeah, we, definitely we know on the, the back of, of their course, mind. It's like, we, know they're the like, famous we don't mind criticism, but there's a point where you guys got to shut up. Well, we know the most famous one. <sighs> I think that I, I know there's another line I, I'm trying to think about here. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Jeff. This sort of thing happens in in fictional media a lot, um, and it 
you know, it gets to the point where people's expectations and their headcanon can never match up to reality or what's going to happen. I mean, famously with with Star Wars and and George Lucas with his prequel movies, but you know, it's happened it's mm-hmm. happened with so many other like series. Like it happens every day with different animated series um and other fictional series as well. But the I think the thing that people need to remember is that like if you want to write fan fiction, you can. Um you know, you aren't the author of of the work that you're you're liking. Like it's great if the author is keeping their fandom in mind, but they have no obligation to, you know, anyone but maybe their corporate overlords if they are working for someone <laughs> like Nickelodeon or Warner Brothers. Um but you know, they have a creative vision, they have an idea, and if they have enough creative control, they will do as they please, so long as I guess there aren't LGBT people in it, although that is changing, thankfully. Um, sorry, fans. <laughs> sorry, sorry to disappoint you, but sometimes endings are letdowns too, regardless. I think it's just, I don't know how anyone has expectations for this final Ava movie, because after remembering the first three movies, I just don't know where, like, where Ano's head is going to go and stuff like that. And I know he struggled to get that out there. And thank goodness he like had some breaks in there to do some different type of projects like the Godzilla movie and stuff like that. Some breaks uh, is correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Like, realistically, I, he needs a long vacation. He just needs to tune out everyone. And you know what I mean? Like, him... It is why both like need a vacation. Hopefully, like I hope. Well, they maybe get that's rest. why. You know what I mean? But you never hear that. Even uh, Miyazaki, you would hope. After I was about to say, to get a rest, but I don't think he does that. I think he goes back to Studio Ghibli and just goes to work. Sometimes I, I don't. I, 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 I don't... was about to say maybe that's like that. Co- that complex type character. Maybe this is a big reason why he and Miyazaki do seem to get along. I don't think Miyazaki even reads reviews. Of of his movies, I, I I don't I believe that actually. Like he might, but and he seems like the kind of character or human uh, who wouldn't, you know, give an human. f about you know what anyone <laughs> said, except you know maybe you know if he has um, you know grandchildren or you know something like that. I could see him like you know, oh, did you like my movie, little boy? Um, I could see that if he happened to make a, you know, a Ponyo or a Kiki um, at that moment. But aside and, from that, I don't think he cares. And like he, he'd take that answer regardless of how it went, because he's just that type, I think. Eva, let me just say this and then we'll move on to the another bullet. It, Eva was just the intersection of where of that turning point in anime for me, where the the simple stories of post-apocalyptic cold war met up with the complex complicating stories of high school it was the changing of the guard huh? it was the changing of the guard and that's another it it wasn't when the bubble actually burst but we could say that in a way yeah you could just see the remnants of the bubble falling to the ground 
you know, you know when you when you see a bubble pop and then you just see the droplets fall to the ground. That's when it, that's when Eva happened. Uh, it's so Mike. Are we now going to talk about this last bullet that we're going to be talking about for the next decade? I think. Yeah, Kevin. This is yours. All I'm right. saying nothing. Go for it. You got. I, I give you the floor for a couple minutes here. Explain it. All right. So earlier in the week, a little manga called Dick Fight Island was released by Sublime Manga, which is uh, well, it's not really an imprint of Viz, but uh, they have Viz Media's assistance when it comes to putting out BL titles. And on Thursday, it was the number one bestseller romance manga on Amazon. And it was the number one ranked title under the Yaoi and LGBTQ plus manga section. And it was also ranked the number two action and adventure manga, second only to My Hero Academia Volume 1. Hmm. What a time to be alive. The time to be alive, Kevin, is when they're not just selling the Yaoi uh, paddles at the conventions. They're selling the Dick Fight Island paddles. They need to sell, like, so here's the premise of uh, Dick Fight Island. And so the original title uh, was called The Eight Warriors. And... There are eight islands uh, out in the ocean, and there is uh, every four years they hold this tournament where the winner of this tournament will be the one who governs over these eight islands over the course of four years. So each island sends their representative to duke it out. And how do they duke it out? Well, whoever climaxes first loses. Because this is a BL manga, in case that wasn't obvious. And the interesting thing, I guess, as well, is that this was the first volume as well, because they said this first volume just came out on May 11th. So that is a big thing, I guess, for them as well. And uh, if you look at the cover of Dick Fight Island Volume 1, you will see uh, a man with a very large uh, ornament. Nice tie. Covering over his penis. Oh. I see on the corner it says explicit content. Yeah. Yes. This is one of the more explicit BL titles that they put out. But uh, honestly, it's really... It's not that... Okay, it's explicit, but... It's not like you see penetration in every fifth panel or anything like they because I, I did buy myself a copy this week because uh, the manga discord that I'm part of, we we read it today. Uh, we held a book club. So was I did a live reading. Uh, it was not a live reading. Uh, people were able to read at their own pace. But uh, I made sure I had my copy ready for the the book club and it was a lot of fun going through the chat and seeing people's reactions to different pages and different shots and uh the contents of the book are as ridiculous as what you'd expect because some of the some of the armor or lack thereof is uh, pretty funny and 
there are some pretty uh, hilarious moments in the battles themselves because it is an action manga. And there's this one panel where uh, one one person, his his dick is like there's actually his like his dick ornament actually has like a it's like a scabbard. So there's actually a blade equipped. So there's a moment where he slices the opponent's ornament with that scabbard and then destroys the ornament. It was just it was hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, like I, it's it was wild. It was wild. But you know what? When you describe that, it's like that kind of brings to mind. Okay, maybe that's why they changed it to Dick Fight Island instead of keeping uh, Eight Warriors or something like that. But I know they've done that before, right? With some hentai manga and obviously some BL manga before, where they take an original. Uh, title and then somehow change it to something else yeah and sometimes it works and then sometimes it doesn't like nymphet but uh i feel like you know what this worked for me i probably wouldn't have bought it otherwise i i had heard about this back in october when it got announced and i was like whoa well how can i not give this a shot and then the panels, I guess, sealed the deal while everyone was commenting on them, right? Yeah, it was, it was great. Like it was, like I, I really like jumped into this manga, partially for the experience of reading it with others, and uh, this will be one of my more memorable purchases. Like I, I think the last time I like bought something when it came out was probably the Drops of God, or maybe Gundam the Origin. Hmm. So how many time. volumes does this have now, uh, Kevin, since it sounded like you had gotten into it and read it more? Uh, this is a two-volume series so far. Uh, I think it will only be two volumes. I'm not 100% sure, but Volume 2 only came out in Japan earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. It doesn't sound like it's much of a commitment. Yeah. Oh, so... I... Oh, actually, one thing that I did want to bring up. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the case, but I did hear some chatter on Twitter that the the name change uh, may not have been approved by uh, Reibun Ike, the creator of the Eight Warriors. And uh, I wasn't able to find reaction from uh, Ike Sensei, but uh i saw more than one comment on about this so i think there's some merit to it uh granted we don't know the details of this like this may still be speculation so far as we know but i feel like i saw enough chatter that it could be real uh i don't think it was just a matter of the public the japanese publisher libre not knowing but i think it may have been a case of libre approving the name change but then not telling Ike Sensei, like I, I find that would be wild if that was the case, but who knows? But it is a little, a little disconcerting in that sense. I would say until until Ike Sensei reads how it's doing. Yeah, uh, no, Ike Sensei is aware that it's doing well. Yeah, and I think Ike Sensei is 
should probably be okay with that. You'd like to think so. Uh, in terms of like the whole name change thing, it, I was digging through Twitter. It looks like uh, ANN is trying to investigate this too, but uh, haven't haven't found anything concrete yet. Hmm. Interesting. But I, this is a case of marketing uh, working. This is how marketing can work sometimes. In a good way, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Hey. Maybe not my thing, but uh, who am I to argue with what, uh, what the customers want in this case? And it sounds like people are, who are making the purchase are finding it worthwhile anyway. But I, I, I just don't know what else to say about it myself. Very worthwhile. Yeah, strongly recommend reading this. Mm -hmm. It's uh, you'll okay. you'll have a you'll have a fun time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if nothing else, and uh, there, there's a market that it's it's just that's worth repeating constantly. It may not be for a lot of people, but it, there is a market. I don't read beyond, okay, and I bought. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, and so imagine those uh, who do. Keep me informed as to how it's uh, performing on the charts. Well, it's now currently ranked. Well, I think you know, as of yesterday, uh, it was ranked number five. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there isn't really much else to add about uh, Dick Fight Island. It's, I mean, as I said, it's sometimes uh, we've known there's a market for years. So the fact that uh, that a uh, BL title could could be there, why why wouldn't it be? And we know, so. as you said, yeah. It's done well for media blasters we know it did well for uh digital manga and stuff like that even though i know uh i'm not sure if they're still alive to say the least so at least sublime mm -hmm. is still trucking along right mm -hmm. okay so that's pretty much the bullets so before we go tonight let's look through the anime community calendar well with all the things that are getting cancelled this summer here in Toronto, there is still something that will happen, and albeit online. Hey, another Japanese film festival in Toronto, the Toronto Japanese Film Festival, more specifically, uh, being put on through the JCCC, begins on Saturday, June the 5th. Tickets are an all-access online film pass, as they call it, is now on sale if you're willing to pony up uh, roughly $100 Canadian, and I think it's only available really in uh, Ontario anyway. But uh, looking at the list of movies, I've heard of a few of these movies. Angry Rice Wives, I know, is is amongst them. I, I remember reading a basic review of that. I'm just looking through some of these movies. Uh, anything here that catches your attention, just one title. We'll put up a link to the film festival page on the JCCC website, but... Anyone who mm. wants to uh, throw a thought? Because, Kevin, I know sometimes you've uh, gone to see movies at the film festival, and Mo is a general film festival junkie, but albeit on the TIFF side. I know uh, one of you mentioned uh, Yoamushi Pedal up the road earlier. Yes. That's mentioned. And for reference... All movies will come online on at the beginning of the festival, and from the moment anybody decides to hit the play button, they have 48 hours to watch it through. 
that that's the uh, stipulation with any of uh, anything seen. So conceivably, there's a uh, I don't know how many movies I think I think uh, almost thirty movies. That sounds about right because yeah. I know almost thirty movies. You can you can hit the play button on all thirty movies right on June fifth. Uh, good luck getting through all of them in forty eight hours, but you have that right. They all be they're all available at, at the very same time. So, yeah. uh, uh, in terms of like anime or manga related titles, uh, yeah, there's Yoamushi Petal. There's uh, the Quartered Mouse Dreams of Cheese, which is a uh, believe that's an adaptation of a. BL manga, and mm-hmm. and then there's the hey, lip- it's uh, just like we said, it sells. And then there's the lip lip, uh, animated movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from time to time, I know they have some interesting uh, adaptations of uh, either anime or manga live action, or even animated there at the JCCC uh, Film Festival. I know Anime North will sometimes uh, sponsor a film every year because i remember once i saw one that they sponsored it was giovanni's island that i think anime. they i think they sponsored the live action kenshins when they showed them there yeah and that was an interesting one because i don't think giovanni's island has ever been licensed over here for north american it was a very interesting uh, anime movie by uh, production ig about uh, the kirel islands and stuff like that after world war ii and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh if you were a TIFF fan and saw Under the Open Sky or missed that chance, you'll have another chance here. That's been scheduled for the online film festival. And yeah, there's this hope that they'll do uh, some sort of follow-up in October, where uh, limited in-person as well. Also a couple documentaries on sumo and the Paralympics I'm seeing listed here. They're all of interest. I mean, there's a few titles that would uh, would have my attention. I think the one that uh, catches me is, uh, I think it looks like it's called um, School Meals Time Final Battle. Um, and <laughs> just, as, just, on, uh, as, just on that title alone. Yeah, as, as someone who experienced uh, middle school Japanese uh, school lunches for about a year, um, I'd, be, I'd be curious as to uh, what, this, uh, what this movie's like. It, it does seem like it is a, a comedy, which I would really hope with that title. Um, so I, I might give that one a, a look at. There also is um, a movie, True Mothers, um, which is quite more dramatic, but I feel like I should uh, mention it just because I am a co-chair of JetAA Toronto, and it is the uh, screening partner for our organize. We are the screening partner um, for that film. Um, okay. It mm. does, you know, it looks like a, a maybe a sad one, but uh, we've definitely been uh, screening partners for sad films before, and they are usually good. Uh, even if they are a little emotional. Cool. As Maybe we'll talk a little bit more. I know we'll be on the air again when this festival is going on, and I, I'm pretty sure we'll bring it up at least one more time before it ends. When is it? In June. I forgot the exact date. The 27th. Until the 27th, thank you. Yeah. As I said, we'll put the website online. I'm just... We're, 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 we're doing this on the fly here. The Toronto Japanese Film Festival. So uh, feel free to check that one out. These type, type of things are always worth uh, watching. Okay. I mentioned last time during the Space Heater chats that I'd finished Yasuke. 
on the advice of uh, Mo and Kevin, so I'm blaming them. I thought you would be thanking them, Mike. No, no, actually, I did. Well, yeah, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, I did like it. It was very different, and admittedly, I can see where the divide will happen within fandom, though. That's the uh, thing about it. But just standing completely on its own, I found it really, really fascinating. And it does pose a number of different questions, and I think I'll save one of them for the Anime North episode when we do that in a couple weeks' time. But it, it leaves itself open for another season. I don't know. Uh, Mo, Kevin, what stuck out to you about, about Yasuke? Say it again, because uh, then maybe I can uh, I mean, play the, off of it. The, the magic was pretty good. Plus the mechs and the fighting overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I had no issue that they obviously took their own creative license into, like, into what's known about Yasuke's history. Myself, I, I didn't have an issue with that because in the end, there it's just based on, but not really. It's not meant to be biographical by any means. Love the robot guy. Oh, the robot guys, yeah. Oh, dude, his friend. His friend. Oh yeah, that was okay. Now you're we're blowing a little bit here. But I think um, yeah, you had mentioned it, Mike. But Yasuke, it's like it is based off a real person, but they took that and then jumped from there. But I think there was uh, an event or a discussion on the real Yasuke that was happening with the Japan Foundation New York coming up uh, later this yeah, month. So that would it, be an interesting one for people maybe who watch the show things. to look at. And uh, I guess we'll put up a, I'll put up a link here, but let me just uh, quickly mention this. The, it's actually being put on by the Yokosuka Council on Asia Pacific Studies. It'll happen on, well, this Monday night on the 17th uh, local time. But if you're talking Japan time, because it'll be done, done in Japan, 10 a.m. Japan time on uh, the following day on Tuesday, the 18th. Let me just uh, try and... Uh, call up the uh, information right now because yes the, there is a link on the japan foundation new york website oh and that's how you found out okay that's, that's how i found out about okay. it and chances are and i fully admit right away it'll probably happen by the time most people listen to it but it is set for monday night at 9 p.m eastern time entitled Yasuke, the African who became a samurai. And the they've already stated that this will be, quote unquote, off the record. So it's not going to be recorded. This will be a one-time event. So you, can, you have to see it live or you won't at all. So we'll just put it already in, in the Twitter notes. We'll put up a link and we'll try and get this up as fast as we can. But if you if you get the chance to watch it, it sounds like an interesting fascinating discussion and maybe we can learn more about who the real Yasuke was in all of this. As I said, at best, this is speculative because all of, like, if you know the history, Yasuke was one of, what was one of Oda Nobunaga's uh, men stayed with him right up until the end. Stayed up when uh, Nobunaga uh, lost and um, was forced to, was forced to commit uh, commit seppuku. Yasuke joined up with his son against the person against uh, Mitsuhide, the samurai who betrayed him. They lost again, 
And then, well, but Yasuke wasn't killed. He was apparently turned over to, I think, the Portuguese missionaries that originally enslaved him. And that's it. That's all the re- that's all the known record of of Yasuke. He disappears from history, basically. And the the show, the anime that's on Netflix, basically takes place twenty years after all of that, and basically plays okay. What if he lived, and starts to play that play that thought even further. So there, there's the there's the fascination, and you know. Probably would have made an interesting live action, considering uh, Chadwick Bo- uh, Boseman was uh, in talks to portray him in a live action version around the time of his his death. So, but uh, I know we'll be talking about it more, and it'll be the reference point as Netflix's push into the anime realm continues. This is like the first real move in it. We mentioned that last time. And as I said, I can see why it's going to probably divide a lot of the fandom, which will make for an interesting debate, which I know we'll get to in the future. But that's uh, that's the last thing I was on my uh, watch list. I, it, then this week I started watching something else. Tony Kawa, Over the Moon for You, which I know has been a little bit oh. popular lately. Yeah. You you know what my reaction is for the when I see this? Like the comparables I like other titles I start to think about when I watched it. Which ones? Partly Oh My Goddess, partly Ayori Aoshi, but instead you end up with a more of a Sundare type character. That's that, that's the first, that's the thing that starts to come into my mind and uh-huh. I've gotten through four episodes. I think four episodes, yeah. That's that's sort of what comes to mind when I see this. I could be wrong, and uh, when I get further along, I'm pretty sure I will be. But that's just that's just what's there now, and I don't know how many of you seen it. Probably not. But I I have not. I've watched some of it, so I I gotta mm-hmm. get back to it. But I'm not sure if I'm going to instead of going Japanese, gonna switch over to the dub because that's one of the Crunchyroll series that they dubbed. It was a Crunchyroll original, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've, it was been, a original. I've been interested in reading the manga. Uh, Viz is putting that out under the title Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah, really yeah. Been. That's why you have to kind of be careful about titles, I guess. <laughs> Eva, Fly Me to the Moon. Way to go. Or something. Way to go. As long yeah. as you well, well, well uh, Frank Sinatra song, then. Well, well played. Well marketed, Viz. But, uh, but considering it's also like a... Well, never mind. I, I won't say much else because then the movie might be spoiling it just a little bit. But at the very least, I think I can watch. I'll probably still watch a little more, and maybe I'll say a little more next time we show up. Uh, is there anything uh, on your cues that you want to mention just quickly before we go tonight? Mm. Just one thing. Well. Nothing. Well, I was reading Dick Fight Island today, but uh, one thing that uh, James brought to my attention uh, before the podcast started is that uh, on this coming Tuesday on the 18th, Kodansha uh, will be publishing the last 11 volumes of the original Drops of God manga. So that first series will be complete at last. 
legally speaking, in English. Uh, mm-hmm. So I need to now make my plan on how I'm going to read this. <laughs> uh, granted, it's still not the complete story because the marriage drops of God final arc is a thing and whether or not that will be translated in English remains to be seen because that final arc is 26 volumes long. Yo. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, I'm going to have to talk to my other drops of God loving friends and we're going to have to try and plan something out. Mm-hmm. Others or you just want to end it off guys. I mean, we do have uh, Anime North to think about in a couple weeks, right? This is our last episode before we do that. I'm kind of looking forward to that. No, I'm sure it'll be uh, fun to do a short episode for Anime North, and it'll be different, obviously, compared to what we uh, usually do. Yeah, we'll have to to start thinking about that, uh, actually. But uh, it could be, well, it, frankly, it's going to be live, so it could be a, a dumpster fire. But that, those could also <laughs> be some of the most entertaining ones, too. Anyone listening, won't you tune in? Once again, we are set for sat on the Saturday night. I think it's May 29th. That'll be at 11 p.m. and we're doing it live, which could be the end of us, really. Or I believe we're doing video, too. That's the other part. And 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 going back to the whole COVID thing, the stay-at-home order here in Ontario has been extended to June 2nd, so so much for the haircut. Get a, so well so I know I'll be appearing with with uh with the shaggy hair. Yeah! Well, I think I got you beat. You saw me last week, right? Mike? Oh yeah, so. I saw I saw what you look like. <laughs> and uh I'll remember next time. That's pretty much what we're in for. Join us for that, though. In any event, that's all we have for tonight. One more time, a reminder where you can reach us, AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com, at AnimeRoundtable, Twitter and Instagram, AnimeRoundtable.com for the archive. Also, don't forget, if possible, to leave us a review, if you can, wherever you get your podcasts, because reviews might help us in the algorithm. There's that word again, the algorithm. And help us find new listeners. Although, word of mouth probably helps a lot more. We typically do episodes once every other week, although we may do something in our off weeks too. That said, subscribe to us so you can be notified whenever something new drops in the feed. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for the first live episode of this podcast as part of the Anime North Stay at Home Edition. Until then, thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable. I'm just going to have to think of a better way to have ended that. <laughs> we forgot to have Kevin mention how many stars we were supposed to give. Uh, yeah, oh well. Uh, this was like call people to buy Dick Fight Island again. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, how many stars was Dick Fight Island again? I forget.